Hello, and welcome to the Ecommerce Source Podcast. My name is Andy Solhoff. I'm here with my friend and business partner, Tim McDougal. Tim, how are you today? I'm doing good. Good, good. Well, uh, Tim, we missed you on the last episode, but you know Parker and Ted filled in, so we'll let the viewers decide if it was better with or without Tim. I, yeah. I, I think it's better when you're here, but you know what? That's Parker no and Ted to, did just fine. Ted either. They did just um, fine. Yeah, lots of great stuff on the podcast as always. And today, we're talking inventory, slow moving inventory. We're in Q1, not exactly the peak selling season for Amazon, but or release uh, direct consumer uh, products brands either, but we're running yep. into it. Amazon's policy update and lots of stuff going on here. So Tim, how do we, how do we want to get this one kicked off? Yeah, because we're, we're back into some of the ugly topics right now. And last week, um, last week after spending time, uh, my wife wanted to get to warm weather for a couple of days out of the Iowa cold. So we were picking shark <laughs> teeth off the beach in Fort Myers for a couple of days. So she keeps saying, um, but now we're back into one of the one of the ugly topics, one of the hard topics of, you know, what's happening on Amazon and why um, what's happening. We have a lot of people. We we know a lot of people. But we know industry wide, like dealing with slow moving inventory is always an issue. It, that's not a new issue. It's a bigger issue right now, especially this month of March 2023, than it ever was before. And that's because a lot of Amazon rules changed. Uh, and March 1st is when a lot of them changed. There's a few more changes coming on April 1. Um, but again, dealing with slow-moving inventory has always been a hard thing for Amazon sellers. Um, not dealing with it well will cause much greater pain going forward, and that's why it's a good time to jump on and kind of do do a quick talk about it. The background, we could do like the two-minute rundown of the background of what's changed. In the past, the main reason you wanted to, to avoid slow-moving inventory was so that you didn't have all your cash flow as a business locked up in inventory that was sitting and not going anywhere. Because um, you don't get paid for any product you pay to produce until you sell it, right? So it was mainly a problem just for the seller's own business model if you had slow moving inventory. Amazon did have some penalties if you kept goods there too long and didn't move them fast enough, but they weren't that material, to be honest. Amazon typically managed uh, its fulfillment centers as a loss leader, um, so to speak, where they, uh, you know, they wanted it to be easy for you to stack a lot of inventory up there because that was core to their business model. The the problem of what happened um, is that a lot of people took advantage of that. A lot of sellers just shipped in tons of product there instead of, you know, a lot of se large sellers, instead of having their own warehouse system, would ship stuff into Amazon instead and product wouldn't move. And over the years, Amazon's fulfillment centers continued to get more and more backed up with products that weren't moving. And it came to kind of, a, I think it was coming to a head before, but it really came to a head in Q4 when Amazon actually lost money on their e-commerce operations for the first time in a quarter and maybe forever in a long, long time, a huge drop in Q4. And that a lot of that was because sellers couldn't ship product in because there wasn't room at the, at, in the fulfillment centers. There wasn't enough labor to sort through the goods. There was too much old stuff clogging things up. I know my personal shopping experience, Andy, I don't know about yours, was I was trying to find stuff. I'm a late shopper. I, I'm guilty of being a late Christmas shopper. Uh, I take advantage of Amazon's two-day delivery, which means I can shop right up until like the 21st, 22nd and get stuff. It's um, a well-known fact. It's at 50 pound bows and that Tim is buying his Christmas gifts on the 21st, maybe yeah, the 22nd yeah, of December. Yeah. I, I mean better every year and every year the execution is I'm, I'm at the last minute. Um, <laughs> But it was really picked over this year, really, really picked over. And that was a common experience. And what happened was just a lot of best sellers. We as sellers couldn't ship in our best 
our best-selling products. We were out, right? Because we our inventory caps got cut. Everybody's got cut. And I'm talking not just our own business, the ones we own, but the ones we manage for other people. Um, all the best sellers tended to be out because Amazon cut the inventory caps right before the holidays because people had too much stuff stocked up there. And then you couldn't get stuff in to replace because uh, if everybody remembers right, in the fourth quarter last year, we had a huge problem in the freight industry where you couldn't get trucks reliably. And even if you got a truck and got stuff shipped, it would sometimes sit on the Amazon docks for two weeks. Uh, because two months, long time. Yeah, you know, two weeks is yeah. a long time when Christmas is approaching, right? So um, for a lot of businesses we manage, any product shipped in December didn't make it in time. Uh, if you were shipping December 1, oftentimes it didn't make it in time to be sold before Christmas. Um, and that was kind of a problem across the board in the industry. So in January, Amazon announced big changes to their inventory policy and they were they were working on this a long time beforehand most likely right it wasn't a snap decision based on a bad december but charges for slow moving inventory would go up dramatically the penalties for keeping too much inventory there go up dramatically the penalties for removing inventory if you put in too much went up dramatically and all the penalties for um not managing your inventory super tight got much worse to the point where they're, they, they were before kind of an annoyance of like a gosh darn it. I spent a little bit more on long-term inventory storage fees because I mismanaged it a little bit. So it's a, it's a tick on my net profits, but you know, it's not super painful, but it's something I could have done better. That's how it used to be. Now it's a, now it's a big enough number that it can turn you from a profitable business to a not profitable business if it's not managed tightly. And so now it, now it causes real pain and it's worth going through. So Let's go through. Um, yeah, and I, th- yeah. I, th- I think the biggest thing on this is is that you know as we've been uh, discussing with our clients, we were always under the guidance of of having a minimum units at Amazon at all times, right? So we wanted 25, 30 days worth of product at Amazon at all times. But when a client would say, "Hey, well, we can get this onto a pallet and it'll be this much," you know. I would say maybe we were we were lax with how we would evaluate that, you know, because um, that you know maybe say that that's uh, if that number was you know um, two hundred days worth of inventory, we maybe we would say hey we don't need that much, but the you know, per unit shipping uh, savings by doing a pallet or something like that might make it something that would make it. Yeah. We just say yes I don't know to if it, we were but... lax. I think that the the metrics were different than the how you'd make that decision was different. Because before you might say, okay, that's going to cause too much inventory. We might take a little bit of hit on inventory charges, but you're going to save so much in the shipping, it's kind of worth it, right? That that so mm-hmm. there used to be kind of a calculation on that of, and we we used to target, you know, no secrets about this that you keep inventory the minimum. You'd never want to go below 28 days because we had evidence that Amazon, when you drop below four weeks and there's no shipment in the plan, that they might throttle your listing and you'd lose rank. Um, we've seen that. Other people see that's not a, that's not like a giant insight um, that you didn't want to drop under 28 days because then you started to run the risk of your brand rank deteriorating. But we didn't want to be much higher than eight weeks. So we tried to kind of keep inventory level in general between four and eight weeks. And we usually top off at eight weeks. And then if it got near four, we'd say, hey, emergency, this is something you need to prioritize and shipping back in. Um, and that was generally our rule. I think we've changed now to where both of those metrics are lower. I think we're targeting seven weeks on most things of inventory from eight down lower. Um, and 
we're a little more we're letting we're willing to let the the bottom kind of go out we still don't want things to run out so when it gets below 28 it's still kind of get it in but now it's much tighter trying to keep between four and seven and before as andy mentioned hey you might have a few things a few items that were moving too slowly and they might be sitting at 180 days or 207 days of inventory but if it's not expiring inventory if it's inventory that has a good long shelf life then yeah, fine. We'll just work it down over time. We just won't ship in anything new for a while. Um, now it's different, though. We anything right now, anything that's looking over ninety days, we're trying to clear out of there as quickly as possible uh, because the fees have just gone up. And if it's over one hundred eighty days, my gosh, get it cleared out because you're going to start losing money on that really quickly. Um, and again, we'll go through all the different details in here. Uh, and there's so much to cover. We won't cover it all, but we'll cover as much as we can of just how do you get, what are the penalties and then how do you get rid of inventory in the smartest ways is what we're going to cover. But right now, the, the big secret to it is here's how you recover from the problem. But but the the real thing everybody should take away is you need to plan inventory much more tightly and much more thoughtfully than before uh, because planning it wrong, um, recovering from poorly planning inventory is much more expensive at Amazon than it used to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, running out of stock has always been a problem. You don't want to run out of stock, but having too much stock is now equally as big a problem potentially with Amazon. And so you need to manage inventory within a much tighter window of what you're keeping in there. Um, yeah, I would even almost say that having too much inventory at Amazon is a bigger issue because uh, you know the the opportunity cost of losing potential sales is one thing, but you're not actually you know, the dollars aren't actual costs that come out of your business. But if you have extra uh, um, inventory storage fees that uh, are are racking up, that's extra taken out of your... your I, I uh, might differ with you a little bit there because I hate losing any sales. Um, <laughs> and being out of stock and having zero sales is not a great business model either if you run out of stock. Um, but yes, yeah. you're absolutely right. The penalties for being overstocked are pretty steep and there is it's no longer like the biggest worry was always you just don't want to run out of stock and you don't want to carry you know and it'd be good not to carry too much inventory to amazon now it's mm-hmm. you don't want to run out of stock and you don't want to be overstocked and it's a it's a meaningful business problem that you have to address now where it didn't used to be right um it, before it was something you could it was a fine-tuning piece of the business not to have too much stock at amazon now it's a business critical task of not having too much stock uh, up, up at Amazon. Um, so what are the penalties? So let's go through the, the qu- quick on some of the changes. We won't go through like every different package size and all the details, but just to give some sense of this, if you have too much inventory, well, a lot of times what people can do is you can remove it, right? Here's the cost though. The costs have gone up just to put everybody get the scale on this. This changed in January. So in mid-January, and again, if we go back to like a year plus ago, the cost to remove a small size unit, something under half a pound would be 32 cents. Last year, it moved up to $0.52. Cents. It got worse. And then this January, it moved up to $0.97. Cents. So that's, you know, it's gone up 3x from where it was. It went up 2x at the start of this year in January from where it was in 2022. So if that's, you know, and if it's up, up to a pound, it's a buck forty six per unit to remove. If it's over a pound, it's two twenty, and it goes up from there. So the cost to remove product, if you've made a mistake and shipped too much in in the first place, it's best to get it out of there so you don't pay penalties every month, but the one-time cost to remove it has gone way up, right? Um, where it used to be pretty cheap to remove inventory, $0.32 cents a unit, you know, that's tripled from where it was a little over a year ago. Uh, so there's that. Yeah. Just to put some sense of scale behind these. 
um, long-term storage fees um, or regular storage, standard storage fees moved up a little bit. So they're, Amazon's not penalizing you too much on your regular storage fees. It's the things that tack on. So the standard size storage fee used to be 83 cents. And now it's for, for the non-peak, for the non-fourth quarter months. And now it's 87 cents per cubic foot. So again, and this is for standard size units, not oversized, but, um, and, and all these, we can, we can find links to all these and put them in show notes if we need to. But, um, again, 83 cents to 87 cents, not a giant change there, just a little bit. And that's kind of in line with inflation, but the big changes are down lower. Yeah, go ahead. But the thing to point out there, right, is like Amazon does not want to penalize people for products that sell. Yes. You know what I mean? So these are all the items that are moving through kind of at a regular pace. Yeah, there's got to be some sort of storage fee because there is there is cost to it. But it's, like we say, going up the four cents, whatever. Yes, I don't view uh, that as unreasonable per foot. at all. Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, that's that's pretty standard. I'd rather it be cheaper. And I know everybody complains about it, but 87 cents per cubic foot isn't isn't awful. It is cheaper than, mm-hmm. you know, it is cheaper than storing things at a lot of other warehouse facilities. So, um, the standard, if you're moving inventory through, you know, this doesn't change much from where things were before. Um, mm-hmm. the changes start though. Um, there is an, there is, uh, a monthly storage based on time that gets tacked onto this. So if you're below 26 weeks, um, of storage, then it doesn't really change. But now there's a penalty. If you have inventory that's between 26 and 39 weeks, there's an extra 69 cents that gets tacked on. So now it's gone from 87 cents per cubic foot to a buck 56. If you have inventory that's over 39 weeks, so over three quarters, over over nine months of of uh, time in there, now you're talking a buck 81 per cubic foot. Um, so there's penalties that get tagged on by age that are much steeper than they used to be. There was always kind of long-term inventory fees but these are much steeper than they used to be on this. Um, and so if you're aging inventory, it's going to, it's now getting to the point where it's going to cut into your margins pretty significantly. Um, and for reference on that, we usually, when we pick up a new partner and help them get going on Amazon, there's usually a bit of a shock when they realize their storage fees. And then we, then we kind of run the math for them and tell them, Hey, the storage fees are only about 1% of your uh, retail price or less right? It's not that big a deal. It'll still stay there if we manage inventory tightly. If we don't manage inventory tightly, that 1% could go to 3 or 4 or 5%, and then it becomes really material to the net profits. So um, mm-hmm. these numbers are bigger. And then there's, on top of that, if you go over 270 days, um, there's an aged inventory surcharge that starts, and that's an extra buck fifty per cubic foot. So you could be getting to, you know, very significant $3. dollars. Yeah. It'd be $3.06. Am I thinking about this yeah. correctly? For Yeah, you could get all the this? way up to $3. Uh, you get into, so you're going to pay big dollars on this stuff. Is that that dollar, if I'm reading this correctly, that dollar fifty uh, surcharge for items over 270 days is in addition to the dollar fifty six that you're paying, yeah. or excuse me, dollar eighty one that you were already yes. paying for. So there's your monthly storage. So, and for everybody on Amazon, I imagine that there's your monthly storage. Um, and this is the off-peak, non-fourth, the fourth quarter, everything goes up. But we'll focus on the non, the other nine months that you're here. But yeah, if you have inventory sitting there that's been, if it's aged and it's sitting, you're taking the buck 81 per cubic foot right now because you have inventory that's aged. Now they're going to 
that's in the, you know, over 26 weeks or over 39 weeks. They're also going to tack on another buck 50 for aged inventory surcharge on top of that. And so you're talking some pretty, mm-hmm. uh, you know, now it's gone from 87 cents a cubic foot, which most businesses can handle um, as part of their, part of their, you know, you do your per unit P&L and how much of a cubic foot does your unit take up and that's per month and you can manage this pretty effectively. Now you start adding, you know, over three bucks on there, or if it's oversized, um, I'm sorry, it's 380 per cubic foot is what it's changing to on the 15th of April. So it was oh, a buck it. 50 yeah. extra. We were looking at that's the old note with that. That was already bad. So it was already bad at a buck fifty. You're adding on, but now you're adding on three dollars and eighty cents. So that is more than doubled. So that three dollars eighty cents is a penalty on top of everything else you're paying. So all of a sudden you're paying a ton for storage per month. Yeah, Um, and that's a that's now Amazon's gone from because the problem was they were a cheap place to dump a lot of inventory, let it sit for a while um, because they were their terms were so lenient. Now it's a punitive place to let stuff sit and you don't mm-hmm. want to let things sit. In fact, everything we're working on, if it's, if it's, you know, cause every, most accounts we work on, if they have a lot of SKUs, there's a few that are sitting in the, in the high range on days. Now we're in a, just get that stuff out of there, pull it out. Let's, we don't want these big monthly long-term storage penalties to start hitting on anything. And it might be two SKUs out of a hundred that are, that are like that, but those need to come out immediately. Get them out of there. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and I just, just 380 is where it starts 270. But if you are over 331 days or 365 days, it's $6.90 per yes. cubic foot. So anything that's sitting over a year of inventory, yeah, they're going to, they're going to punish you hard on that until you get rid of it. Um, yeah. So just for everybody, you know, like, like Amazon situation has changed on inventory. They've gotten much tighter on it. And this, you know, now it is a, it's a business threatening issue if you don't manage inventory correctly for your Amazon business, right? Um, much more so than it was. And if, you know, if you were making, if you were running a really good Amazon business and making 20% net margin total off of your retail price as your profit, well, if you don't manage this correctly, that could drop to, you know, 14 or nine or something like that. Uh, if you were making thinner mm-hmm. margins, like a lot of Amazon sellers and like, Hey, I'm making 10% of my retail price. This could wipe out most of your profits. Um, and so this is something you have to manage really closely. And it's kind of, it's changed some ways that we operate on businesses too um, at the start of this year. So let's go through the ways you can, we've broken these into three buckets real quick um, of ways you can get rid of our, uh, the excess inventory. Cause the first thing to do, you know, long-term manage inventory much more tightly. Don't overship in too many goods. Um, but the shorter term problem is usually I have excess because the rules have changed. I need to get rid of before these penalties really start killing me. So we broke them into three buckets. One is just things that you should be doing anyways, mostly kind of tweaks um, that you should be doing as part of ongoing business anyways to improve sales. Then there's higher urgency actions that are kind of short term actions you can take to try and get things to move. And then there's the big swings. If you are desperate and you need a lot of help and you really need to move a lot of product quickly to get it out of inventory, things you should do. So let's start with the tweaks, Andy, right? So, and we can cover these quick yeah. because these are ones we've covered before. Everybody mostly knows. Um, the things you should be doing normally is, yeah, you should move your price a little bit. Um, you know, play with price, keep your margin, but if you can move price down, make sure nobody's undercutting you on price. Um, if you want to experiment by lowering your price by, you know, 
buy a buck or something like that and see if it moves better, see if you rank better, try that. But if you can tweak price and still move product at a at a good margin, that's your best option to do. Like get it to move, get yourself back to a reasonable inventory cap. Yeah. And I think on some of these, like if you're talking about, if, if you're a seller of a product that has multiple sellers on your listing, you pretty much are going to have to get to buy box. I mean, and if you're, you yeah. know, if you're in buy box already, uh, you know, maybe a small, you know, five, seven percent uh, re- price reduction, uh, so, you know, as a think of it as a temporary action might be a, yeah. a nice thing to do as long as you're maintaining margin. But, there but bit, if you have so. product up there and we've been in situations before where, where we've worked with somebody who has product at Amazon, but there's a third party on there undercutting them. And the mentality is, well, if somebody else is selling our product, we're okay for right now. Um, you know, the product still, you know, people are still getting our brand in their hands and we want to preserve our margin. So we're going to hold our price until they run out. That was fine before. Now it's going to start penalizing you. That inventory that you're not moving is going to start costing you a lot instead of a little. And now it becomes much more imperative that if you ship goods in, you need to be much more aggressive on getting that buy box and fighting off the undercutters. And if it means you're lowering your margin for a little bit, but you're not taking, you're not, you're lowering your margin on the consumer price, but you're not lowering your margin because you're taking Amazon penalties and not moving product in the first place. Um, I'd rather Mm -hmm. take the hit on margin on something that's generating revenue than on, not selling any product, not generating revenue, and just having only costs come through, um, which yep. is what's going to happen if you're just taking inventory penalties. So there's that. And then there's other things. If you can increase your ads, I mean, we've done that. What we've done mostly for things that just need some minor adjustments is we move price and we've increased uh, our ads, right? Um, and it's, I'm, you know, raising ad spend by 10% and taking another kind of, two or 3% out of margin to move products faster is a much better deal than taking a 30% hit on the products because you're taking penalties. Right. So, um, you know, if we need to increase ad spend to get things to move and we can, and it, and we're not at a grossly like thousands of units overstocked, then we can, you know, if we can manage it with price and changing ads a bit or increasing ad spend a little bit, um, great other things to do are, you know, optimize your listings, make sure they're optimized, make sure you're ranking for things. That's not going to be a fast mover, but you should always be doing that anyways. Um, if you need to change photos to measure up to your competition, do that. Check for duplicate listings to make sure that nobody else has created a duplicate listing for your product. We see that quite frequently from third parties who, mm-hmm. instead of listing on your listing, they create their own and that causes problems in the Amazon system. So just check for that. If you see that, you can apply to Amazon support if you're the trademark. Uh, register trademark and get that get them removed um and if somebody's advertising heavily on your site by a, a super steep discount um on your pages i mean and we see this a lot too of people trying to move inventory quickly right now we're seeing this a lot of people trying to get rid of their excess inventory making a steep deal and then buying the ads on our product listings make sure you're buying your own product listing ads with other skus uh in your portfolio to pave them off of your listing those are those are things that don't cause a lot of pain. They'll cause a little bit of a squeeze on margin, but you'll still make money. You're still moving product. You're not disrupting entirely your business operation. Um, yep. Those are the easy things. And we can we could spend a full podcast on those, but we won't because most people know that those are some of the levers they can pull. Um, the next level here, Andy, is the higher urgency items. We have two things in here, right? Um, yeah, yeah. The the thing that I've seen recently, we had uh, one of my clients had a few different SKUs that um, were uh, sitting at excess inventory. We're really trying to get them to move, and 
the first thing that we went with was an, an Amazon coupon. So we just did a 20% off uh, select items for this, uh, this client. And within relatively quick time, two weeks probably, uh, we had moved out of that excess inventory stage and we were actually shipping more product into uh, Amazon on those. So thereby resetting our clock, right? So when we ship the inventory in, now we, we, don't, uh, we have a new time frame for how old the inventory is. Yeah. So coupons I like because <clears throat> it does have the call out on the search results page that there's a coupon available for it. You know, uh, they definitely improve your conversion rate on the listing itself. So people will see that the, it's a limited time coupon, and they uh, might have the urgency that they need to uh, make the purchase. Um, it's I I don't never really quite understood Amazon's how why they do coupons this way, but they require you to clip the coupon and not yes. just use it right away. But um, overall, like I said. Uh, Client to work did a coupon very recently, and it worked really nicely to get us out of yeah. that excess inventory. Yeah, and so the other things related to this, right? It's the other side of how to operate this is just discount things deeply for a while. Um, and there's different trade offs to doing that. So you can you, know, you can do what Andy said here is you know create a twenty percent coupon. Uh, the advantages of that are Amazon does have an Amazon coupons page where you can go to and just shop things that have coupon deals on them. Um, in search results, as Andy said, it pulls up and it mentions on the on the grid of search results, it shows that there's a coupon on this product and that will get more people to clip. Um, so there's reasons to use the coupon there. Um, the downside that some people will cite is that the coupon, because it requires an extra action, creates a little friction. Um, and the other downside is sometimes consumers will forget to redeem that or forget to clip the coupon first and then buy it and then want to return it because they miss the deal and they'll want to return it and then buy it again at the coupon price, which kind of saps all your margins out of things. So there's, but, but generally we've seen coupons work better because they get a little more attention. The other thing to do is just straight out discount, like straight out cut your price. Amazon's, you know, the problem is that it's harder for people to know you did that, but you will move up in organic rank when you drop your price. And it's part of the algorithm on it. So you can goose yourself up a little bit. Um, it's not as visible, but Amazon is now does the slash pricing on things where they say, here's what it normally has sold at for the past 30 or 90 days, and then here's the new price. You can try both. Mm -hmm. For some products, for a lot of things, we like the coupons for a lot of things, even though it is extra steps. And there is an Amazon coupon page, but not as many people go there as we'd like. Uh, we'd like to be more visible. But you can try both. They both kind of have the same effect. You're dropping price over a short window, and the we should qualify. Both of these are qualified, but we're not saying doing this is your ongoing business, but you're doing this over a short period. You're doing it over a week. You're doing it over two weeks. You're trying to move a lot of inventory fast. You're taking a steep discount. You're probably giving up all your net margin at the end of the day just to move goods through um, and free up. And you're freeing up cash that you can go use for other things, but you're also getting stuff out of inventory and not taking the penalty. So you're kind of giving up your margins to avoid penalties. You will see your brand rank move up a little bit unless you went down like 50%, in which case Amazon says that's you're cheating um, and doesn't count it towards your towards your velocity. And that, that is a case for that. But um, but yeah, this is either a discount or a coupon or kind of the higher urgency, short-term actions you can take. Um, you don't have to do a lot of setup for it. Um, and you're not you're not gonna you're generally gonna kind of give up your margin, but you're not going negative a lot of times to do that. 
Um, and you also yeah. want a company that with ad spend, by the way. So a lot of people say they're going to coupon and then they don't get enough traffic behind it. If you're going to do that, up your ad spend because you want it to be visible uh, on these things. Um, and the yep. common mistake we see is people drop the price and then and they don't get much more traffic, so their sales don't really move up. You want to use the two in combination because you're just trying to move goods fast. Um, now let's talk about the bigger ones. And there's really, these are the big swings. These are, you're kind of desperate and you need help. You need to fix things really fast. You don't have time for it to sell through in a normal way. Um, and there's really four here. Um, let's, I'm going to go the one we have, I have listed here last first, just to kind of cover that option, but you can just elect to destroy or dispose the inventory. Um, and that's kind of a last ditch option. Um, that's where you're going to pay some money. You're going to pay, you know, if it's under half a pound standard size, you're going to pay 97 cents per unit to destroy it uh, or remove it. And there is a cost to that, right? So this is if you just like, I just need to get this out of here. Um, there are reasons why you'd want to do this sometimes. There are smart reasons, but you want to avoid having to remove or destroy inventory um, whenever you can. But there is that, there is that option. Um, and none of these options are great. In some cases, um, but but well, you can do it, get the, it out of the there. The destroy option is the destroy option is the only one of these that doesn't at least give you some opportunity for revenue back in the yes. door, right? Like this is just a this is just a cost. We're done, and 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 you might ask the question: Why would you destroy it instead of trying to move it via the other ways we're going to talk about? Well, sometimes these other ways we're talking about are going to expose the product to a much lower price and that may violate other retail agreements you have, for example. And so in some cases it may be the only thing you can do and you don't have capacity to take it back in um, or have it shipped back. So in some cases you're just going to destroy. Now be wary if you do elect destroy. Um, if you tell Amazon to destroy it, even though you're paying them to destroy it, they don't actually destroy it. They move it to a section of the warehouse that says this is destroyed inventory and they have a team that then goes and looks at it. And if that team says you know, we think we could sell this at a discount. They're going to do that. And they're going to, you're going to see this product reappear as an Amazon warehouse deal or some kind of Amazon special deal. If you like to destroy it, it becomes Amazon property on this. Yeah. Yep. And that's the last thing you want to do if, if is to create a new competitor who can buy that for, you know, 25 cents a pound or something like yeah. that and uh, undercut you on, this is, on price. So that's kind of so. your last option on it. So let's look at what the first option would be for the big swings. Um, and this is one that, um, probably allows you to recover at least some of your cost of goods. Um, and there are Amazon lightning deals, right? Um, now these, uh, lightning deals are the big, super steep discounts that Amazon features on the homepage. Um, uh, they're going to feature on their lightning deals pages. Um, uh, there's a lot of people applying for them and there's a high variance to whether these move a lot of product or very little. Um, uh, but these are short term flash type sales, usually eight hours long. Anybody who sells on Amazon through FBA is probably familiar with the basics of these. Um, you can use these to improve your sales and rank, um, but they do require a heavy discount. You're usually giving up all of your profit to move a lot of product quickly. And to be honest, usually on most lightning deals we've been involved with, which is a lot of them, you're usually losing money on this, the product you sell through the lightning deal because the discount is so steep and there's an Amazon fee if your lightning deal gets accepted. But for clearing out Aging inventory, you're probably going to recover and you need to move it fast. And you're kind of desperate. This is probably the fastest way you can do it. You do have to apply for a lightning deal. You do have to have a seller rating of three and a half stars or better. Uh, Amazon does have to accept your deal. And, and the way it works, if you haven't done one, 
um, is you submit your deal, you choose a date range you want to sell this, a discount level and a quantity, and then you submit to Amazon. And Amazon's going to look through all the deals that people are offering, uh, that sellers are offering during that period. They're going to choose the best ones. So you're incented to give a steeper deal and be one of the better deals on there. Because if you try and come in with only a slight discount, Amazon's just going to choose other deals that are more that are steeper and more prone to sell rather than yours. But again, you do get to at least get some money back out of this that you can use to cover some of your costs as you're trying to move a lot of inventory out of there. Yep. And brand visibility that comes from something like this. If you have a, a consumable product, you know what? Maybe it's that lightning deal is the thing that you're product needs to kind of kick it in gear and get some velocity moving and potentially sort of, you know, save a, uh, I don't call it failing, but a slow moving product and turn it into something that maybe gets a little bit yeah. more traction. And we don't love lightning deals as an ongoing part of business because we've seen uh, sellers get addicted to them and end up moving a lot of goods and feeling all kind of chest pumpy because they moved a lot of product and then realize they made no money or they lost money. Right, because lightning deals are expensive, but at the same time, you're going to get some back. Uh, now, let's look at two others that you get less money back for. Um, one here is uh, Amazon Outlet, and Amazon Outlet works, um, and it's a program not a lot of people know about. We find out it's it's a fair, it, you know, there's a lot of products on Amazon. If you go to Amazon and just look for Amazon Outlet, you'll find a lot of products there. Um, but it's specifically made for overstocked products. Um, they're looking for people that have, for sellers that have inventory that's been sitting for 90 days or more. That's really what is the bulk of what you find at Amazon Outlet. Um, you can't do concurrently with a lightning deal or anything else. These are kind of things that have to be separated. Uh, and uh, you can't do outlet deals for the same ASIN. Like recently, you have to have a 60-day break between an outlet deal for an ASIN um, before you can resubmit it for it. Um, and again, like lightning deals, everything you submit for outlet is not always approved. Amazon's going to look through how much of a discount you're offering and, and make a choice. Usually you have to offer over 20% discount to be listed on outlet. Um, and to be honest, if you want to move goods faster, you want to list a higher discount than that normally. If you go on outlet right now, you'll see discounts anywhere from 16%, but these are things that usually have a good high sales rate, down to 80%. You'll find 80% discounts in outlet. Uh, you set a time window and then all the standard referral fees and fulfillment apply. Again, you're usually going to lose most of your margin in the discount, but you'll move the goods. Um, and Amazon can sometimes, if it's a really good deal, feature it uh, that where people will see it very visibly. So there's Amazon Outlet, which is a less painful thing that you can do. Um, and it's kind of like thinking about a lightning deal, but it's over time. It's not as short, sharp a shock to the system as a lightning deal, but um, you can set a window and move some excess inventory through outlets, uh, through Amazon Outlet. The more severe one, and this is the one also if you're really desperate, this is if you're thinking about um, just destroying the inventory, this is kind of the other option, is to look at FBA liquidations. And FBA liquidations is even less well-known about. The program's only been around for, about, I think, like two years. But this is you tell Amazon you want to move your product out through a liquidator. Um, and you get, uh, you get paid like 60 to 90 days later for this. So it takes a while to get the money and you're not going to get paid a lot. Um, but basically this is, it gets moved through Amazon, then resells your inventory to overstock.com or some other site like that is what happens. Um, usually what the liquidators will pay is a tiny fraction of what your retail price is. So usually it's between 5% and 10% of your retail price is what the liquidators paying. Then Amazon takes their 15% out of that. 
they take, there's a per unit processing fee that starts at a quarter, but moves on up uh, for bigger items. And so it's five to 10% that the liquidators pay and Amazon takes their cut. You end up with, you know, 2% to 5% probably of what your retail price is. Uh, And that seems awful and terrible. And it's kind of a last resort if you can't move it any other way, but it still might be a better resort than just disposing of the inventory. Um, So that option is out there too for people who are, and right now this is the month, this month more than any others when people are looking at these looming heavy inventory costs or when people are now trying to learn about things like FBA liquidation. Uh, Because in some cases, this is better than taking the penalties on it. Um, But that's this is kind of a last-ditch effort. The reason you might dispose or destroy the inventory instead of doing liquidation again is if if doing the liquidator causes your product if for example the scenario of this will cause your product to appear on overstock.com and that will violate an agreement you have on pricing with other retailers like Walmart or Target that you have then you might want not want to do the liquidations it might not be enough uh cash to make it worth it but again it's this is a hey you may get 2 or 3% of the value of your product instead of instead of paying Amazon and getting zero and then paying them to destroy it, this can be a slightly better option on things. It's a scary option though, right, Andy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I, I, if I'm thinking about this correctly, it's like the, Amazon just pulls your product and then sends it out there to other people to, to bid on. So yeah. y- it could, could, there are businesses out there that this is their business model is to go to Amazon liquidation and, um, go find these products, bid on them, and get them super yeah. cheap, and try to try to make money. There's on certainly it. So, a circumstance where if a product moves, say, 20 units a week, but you have a thousand in inventory, so you're you know you have way too much inventory, and you clear it through a liquidator. Well, then one of these companies that just buys overstock and then resells it will buy your will buy your product at five percent of its cost, right? And then start pushing it back into Amazon for full retail price. Uh, you know, 20 units at a time. Uh, and so, you know, you could find yourself now just, you might have just fueled one of your resellers and given them a cheap way to get inventory. So it can come back and bite you. If, if you're no longer planning on selling that skew, then great. You, just, you know, then it's less of a risk. But if it's something you plan on continuing to sell, realize that anything you sell through liquidators could come back and be sold right up against you on that. And if you're going to continue to sell that, like that SKU in the example, um, Amazon's going to see now that it's listed for a super low price on overstock.com, for example. So if overstock.com sells it itself and that might cause you to lose buy box. So it can cause future problems too, but it is out there as an option. And in certain circumstances, it's a better option than destroy, but it's, it should be kind of a last resort that you look at, um, cause you just need to get rid of the inventory and at least you can get a couple bucks back for it instead of paying somebody to destroy your inventory and getting nothing and paying something. Yep. Yep, yep. Well, lots of good stuff on this episode. Uh, hopefully, people have a good sense of, you know, kind of the history of of the the inventory pricing, kind of under a general sense of the scale of how uh, Amazon is going to be charging for uh, longstanding inventory and excess inventory um, moving forward. And we've given you some ideas on how to get some product moving here. Uh, and some guidelines to make sure that you're acting uh, with enough urgency and appropriately at the depending on how long your inventory has been there. Yeah, and and the end lesson is it's it means it's much more important to plan inventory out. We do that for a lot of people is help them plan their inventory so you don't run into these problems. But if you do have these problems, and a lot of sellers do, it's very natural to have these. Now is the time right now to fix them and 
take the pain, take the short-term pain now to fix them rather than take long-term pain over time every month as these penalties start to mount up for having too much slow moving inventory at Amazon. So, you know, you bet. it's, it's you bet. might be painful short-term, but the short-term pain, you'll feel better in the long run by getting everything fixed now. Yep. Well, Tim, it's good to have you back. I'm glad you were able to, to hit the beach last week, but, uh, Good to have you back on the podcast this week and appreciate everything. Appreciate you, the listener. Hope you had a a good time with Tim and I today and we will catch you again next time. 